Everybody, it's TalkCast 157, 156 hours of Cracker Jack Entertainment, and then a wet bag of cement for tonight. From Area 51, on sub-level 451, book-burning and fried green tomato body wrap pavilion, I'm the Dome, welcoming you to what is going to be a weird night tonight. Uh, the Revere Time Vortex is in vortextual violence. Uh, something or other, and Kriana has gone AWOL, so sitting behind Kriana's computer tonight, cursing her fingers, it's Zombrarian. I am, and apparently Kriana took all of our sounds except the opening and closing music with her. Oh! <laughs> Again, I'm more than happy to sub as Kriana tonight. Go ahead, X. But I should be introduced first. You would think. <laughs> and, and, yet, and yet, I'm going to ignore him and just move into the show at this point. From the Four Color Vault of, Man in, of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, a lovely young lady who needs no introduction, but she's getting one anyway. It's the dead redhead. <laughs> wow. I have no idea where that came from. From Sit American Horror Story. Hmm. <laughs> Sitting beside her is someone who shall remain nameless. <laughs> but if we had can't to actually say I can't read my poker face. Would be Illustrator X. <laughs> yeah, that's me. It's a, so it's a very uh, I'm very deeply honored and it's indeed a rare pleasure to be here and uh, I, I'm just hoping that tonight all of you listening think it's just as special a night as I am and you know okay shut up now anyway <laughs> so Kriana can't be joining us tonight because she's somewhere blowing up a website which is fine <laughs> uh, in lieu of of, of her uh, we were supposed to have the public relations director of uh, Rhode Island Comic Con with us tonight a lovely and talented Sue Soares who evidently is stuck in traffic somewhere between Providence, Rhode Island, and Pacoima. So that could be virtually anywhere. We're hoping she'll join us uh, before we get to the part of the show where she's actually supposed to be talking. And if she doesn't, we'll pretend to be her. Because that's what X does better than anything. <laughs> yes, he does. tends to be women. I'm not saying it's a weird thing. I'm just saying it's something he likes to do. Well, Rupert, I am very pleased to be. Oh my <laughs> God, God, I can't. I really should. Oh, no, no. We want to be nice to the Rhode Island Comic Con. They're being you awfully nice to us do. right now. 
That's right. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of it, the Rhode Island Comic Con is coming up on November 3rd and 4th, 2012, Saturday and Sunday, uh, running from 10 to 7 Saturday, 10 to 5 Sunday, at the Rhode Island Convention Center in Providence, Rhode Island. If you come on Saturday, you will see a bunch of weird people with uh, uh, brains in jars on their shirts. That would be us. But not on come dresses, by, Dome. Never on a dress. That's true. Never and put why a brain is in that? a jar on a dress. Because... That little girl. <laughs> that would be weird. A brain in a jar on a dress? No. <laughs> okay. So if you're having sex while you're there, say hi. We'll say hi to you. And, and there may be, like, free gifts. I'm just saying there may be. I'm not saying there for sure will be. I'm saying there may be. Come up, say hi. Whatever. In any case, between uh, now and the halfway point, We've got a bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about, and hopefully Sue will be here to join us. If she isn't, uh, X will pretend to be Sue. That I will. So, Sue, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, get your up. butt on. <laughs> hurry up, please. You don't want to hear this. So, uh, I was going to talk about a bunch of stuff that's been going on this week, but I am going to, at this point, turn it over to Zombrarian because she wants to talk about... I want to talk about so many things, Joan, but um, what would you like? The, the very first thing I want to talk about is an awesome thing that started, I believe, as a Halloween tradition somewhere south of where I am, because right now it's cold here, um, somewhere where it's warm, close to Halloween, they, they started this tradition called Run For Your Lives, which is a 5K race with obstacles and zombies. Woo! And you get a belt, much like a flag football belt, and you, and you get three life flags, and if you get through the entire 5K obstacle race with at least one intact, you've survived. If you don't, you're a zombie, but you get a medal anyway. And I saw a commercial for this while I was watching, I think, America's Scariest Places on the Travel Channel, which is one of my favorite shows. I love that show! It's so much fun. Um, and I said, oh my gosh, that would be so cool if there was actually one near us to do. Turns out, there is. No, no. Um, ours is in July, because right now it's too cold here to crawl through mud and water. Um, <laughs> and if you've ever met me, you know that I can't run five feet. Forget five kilometers. <laughs> which, for those of you ignorant Americans, is I learned 3.1 miles. The point so, so one is important. So I'm very, I am guessing that beginning on Monday, you are going into training through the entire winter. So in July... We can cover, in the greater Boston area, the zombie 5K run for your life Ooh, yes. while you're in it. Well, I'm in it. And wow. I am going into training. And to train, I'm using what is possibly the greatest iPhone slash iPod app ever invented. Absolutely correct. It's so much Does it fun. play the Rocky theme? No, it's even no. better. It's called <laughs> Zombies Run. Um. I've already played the first mission because super fun. 
it's a game and it's a pedometer. Um, it also has a GPS feature so that if you're unlike me and not surrounded by highway, you can run outside and it tracks how far and how fast you've gone. Cool. Um, as you're running, you pick up supplies. There are radio broadcasts that tell you what to do. And every once in a while, you get chased by zombies and you have to sprint or they catch you. Whoa, that's really cool. I mean, seriously, that is very cool. It's And it's super motivating. I have hated to run since I was eight years old. For, so for 20 <laughs> years, I have hated running with this, like, burning, fiery passion. And I just told Dome that we needed to hurry and do the show fast tonight because I want to go running and play my Woo! zombie run game. So if you're wow. looking for something fun to do in, do in July, the Run For Your Lives 5K, if you're like me and you're like, oh my gosh, no way I can do a 5K, get Zombies Run, train all winter, and we will see you there. So, Zombarian, yes. what I'm thinking is this. We get the, the people who put Run For Your Life together, and we get them on the show. Ooh. That's a good idea. And then we cover the event on video, and we, we do a whole video thing of it. I don't know if I'm going to want to be on video by the end oh, of the Oh, you absolutely. <laughs> you're going to have to do this because this is now, this is your mission. This is my mission because, in life. Because That's every right. week from now until the, the Run for Your Life 5K in July, we're going to ask you about how'd your training go this week. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> You, you guys know are what? Evil, it all, but I love it. It comes down to incentive, and I mean, yes. if you, you know, when you've got zombies chasing you, that's incentive. That's, that's a action. good reason. I, I think run. that if you switch your your deodorant with a one steak sauce, <laughs> that's deodorant. <laughs> I do fully wow. plan on dying, <laughs> but I also no. plan on having Get a really good time. X. Now. Now, speaking of zombies. Speaking of zombies. Yes. yes, right now, the godfather of zombies himself, George Romero, is embroiled in like a fan dispute. Well, well, who would have thought that would ever happen? Seriously. Yes. Well, right now, there's a big uh, push as to whether or not George Romero should get a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. And there is actually. We have a. We're going to. Yeah, we're going to have a link on the site, but uh, this person has a very, a big George Romero fan has this huge argument why he should not. Would you and I, I got to go with this guy. He says basically, no, George should not have one because George Romero is a Hollywood outsider. His best work, most of his work has been done outside of the system. Even, you know. The, the movies that made him famous were independent films. Even his more recent ones, like Land of the Dead and so forth, independent films. So why should he get anything in Hollywood? I am really, well, really torn. Yeah. I'm very torn about this. Yeah. Having, I can honestly say I worked with George Romero, and we've met him on multiple occasions. And... <sighs> I'm torn because in all complete honesty, George Romero needs, they need to have a full, uh, we talked about this, a a, uh, steel, a corroded steel statue 
of George with a zombie next to him or killing a zombie or something like that in the middle of Pittsburgh. Okay. We, we need this Pittsburgh. I know yeah. you're listening to me. So, so do this because it's important. Right. See, that's, that is what the article goes on to say is that instead of doing something on the Hollywood walk of fame, it should be in Pittsburgh PA, which is his home base. And Woo! yeah, but, but I also think that George deserves the respect because they can call him a Hollywood outsider, and I know he is, but at the same time, he has made so much money, and he has done so much for film, just with Night, and some of, and Dawn, and all, well, not yeah. all his movies, but quite a few of his movies yeah. that... He's he's the guy uh, who get, he gave Ed Harris his start in Night Riders. He's he started with Ed Harris. He started, um... There are Tom Savini. Tom Savini. There's another actor we just saw recently, and oh, he he was the first person to put uh, Stephen King in a movie. I mean, well, well, that that's okay. That's Stephen King was acting ability. No, but <laughs> Here, here's the thing about Romero. Okay, Romero has done what a lot of filmmakers want to have done, which is make an impact to the community. That's right. Now, there's no better way to, for the community that he has impacted so heavily to show their respect for him than by putting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's what it is. It's not whether you're a member of the establishment or not. Now, they want to put up the corroded statue in Philly. It'll be behind Pittsburgh! all the corroded... Oh, oh, did Pittsburgh! You... No, Philly, right. it doesn't matter. It's okay. Hey! <laughs> That's fighting words. I know, but you're dome, far enough dome. away, so I don't really care. Uh, dome. dome. Hoagie or grinder? Oh, easy. That's a grinder. Oh. It's, a sub. <laughs> it's neither of those. It's a submarine sandwich. Excuse me. It's a hoagie. So if they want to, if they want to put up the corroded statue along with a rotted steel mill, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. In fact, it's probably a good thing to do in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. Doesn't matter which one. Careful. And <laughs> just to put this out there, um, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is not really what a lot of people think it is. It's not. A, it's not like a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. It's not like. It's not even really like an Oscar. No, it's done by the Chamber of Commerce. It's something that a celebrity's publicist puts together. Right. Yeah, and, <laughs> and not only that, you have the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I don't think, I think George Romero's above that. The uh, the star who's being honored has to pay for the star. Yeah. That's right. You pay it yeah. and, on the Walk of Fame. And, uh, you know, I've sucks. I have not been down the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but apparently okay. it's not in a good area. It's uh, all no. right. It's so, better I'm, than other parts of Los Angeles. But. Yeah. You know, this, this, like many things in the fan community, is a, is, a, uh, is a sham fight for absolutely nothing. Because, you know what? I mean, Romero has done some cool shit. That's you know, what you need to remember. Yeah. And, you know, if, if somebody wants, if his publicist decides, let's do the Hollywood Walk of Fame thing, screw it. Do it. It's cool. The more people that know who George Romero is, the more people get to watch his cool shit. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
I always thought the best tribute to Romero would be anybody, anybody who has done a zombie movie since 1968 should donate 1% of their profits to George. Because he really, guys, he has not become a millionaire. When we saw him at this great thing in Concord, New Hampshire, when he was uh, during a tour, and he's really been screwed out of a lot of his money. He yeah, really, really those, has. Most of those filmmakers, uh, yeah. especially uh, outside of the mainstream filmmakers, didn't make a dime. Yeah. He didn't have agents that told them what to do. Their first movie... Night of the Living Dead, I mean, 1968, it was five of them throwing in their money. And it was like $5,000 a piece that they threw in. There were a bunch of ad guys, and they didn't put the correct language in the contracts to say that they had the movie for the, no, for the distributor. No, no, no. It was on the, on the film itself. They never put copy. Oh, the copyright. They never right. put That's the copyright right. symbol or trademark or anything. That's right. And so at the end, they're like, People are like, well, it's public domain. You never copyrighted it. And they're like, but it's ours. Mother pus bucket. I mean. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the, but the reality is that film probably scared me more than any other film uh, because I saw it in 1969. Yeah. Yeah. I, Let's give it its due. You know what? Give it its props. It absolutely. is a scary movie. If it you is. are absolutely. alone at night in the dark watching that, that is an intense film. It's the first yep. horror movie I ever saw. Really? Yep. A lot of people. It was in wow. my eighth grade English class. Yeah, it's unrated so that she could show it in school. It was right what? before Halloween. It was my eighth grade English class. And Mrs. S said, you know what? We're not having class today. You guys all need to see this movie. It's amazing. And she sat us down and we watched Night of the Living Dead. Holy crap. And she kept her job, too, which is kind of interesting. She yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. So anyhow, you know what? Uh, props, props are due to George Romero. Yes. However oh. it happens, you know, give the man his due. He, he kicked some cool zombie ass over a number of films. Everybody has a couple of bad films along the way. Uh, my God, look at the uh, filmography of Dino De Laurentiis, please. Oh! oh. Well, and speaking of... Um, Dino De Laurentiis? Well, no, <laughs> speaking of PR and um, <laughs> Hollywood's interesting uh, ideas about advertising, Steve, I want Dead Red Red to tell us about this Denny's thing. <laughs> oh, so, so Denny's trying to capitalize on like anything they can to put more sugary flavored pancakes and what have you out there, I suppose, um, has added Hobbit food to their menu. Of course they have. So, so what they have like, like specifically, do they have like uh, specials for Elevenses? They no, have but second. They have one that's called second, second breakfast. breakfast. They have yeah. a second breakfast, and they have who was it? They have this really sugary pancakey concoction of something. It was red velvet pancake poppers, I think. Oh, no, that was for another show. I can't remember. No, that which was one. that was for the Hobbit. Was that for the Hobbit? That was for the Hobbit. But yeah, it's like stuff you would never ever eat, and hope that the really because I want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not in my five k diet. Because no, it isn't. 
No. If the twelve-year-old next to you would get a hold of that stuff, you would you wouldn't stop them for years. I might but... eat the I might eat the pumpkin pancakes. If you pumpkin eat them, the zombies will get you. I now... will eat pumpkin pumpkin pancakes. I will eat that. But the other stuff sounded really gross. I'm sorry. Now, not every location is doing this, but at certain locations, if you write "screw you, IHOP" in syrup, you get twenty percent off. <laughs> And you know this because you've done it repeatedly. <laughs> Actually, they've just asked me to leave. That's right. X gets us kicked out of more places, I tell you. Speaking of getting kicked out of places, you know, the one, you know, Firefly was possibly one of the coolest, shortest series ever to run on TV. Uh, yeah. And Firefly has run longer on the Science Channel than it ever did on Fox. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which I find rather interesting because the Science Channel is now going to do another Firefly marathon, but they're adding some really, really cool stuff to the marathon. Well, and it's leading up to the 11th when they're going to um, broadcast the entire Firefly reunion panel from San right. Diego. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Right. I admit I pause my TiVo and rewind it to watch the commercials for that. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. I, wa I, pause, I stop the TiVo and say, nope, I want to watch that commercial. Oh, that wow. is hilarious because Dead Redhead has me stop when we're uh, fast forwarding through commercials. Wait, wait, that's American Horror Story. Well, not now. It's on, so I can watch it in all of its glory. And I can actually fast forward commercials now. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of American Horror Story. Kicks Ass Takes Names is a hundred times better than it was last season and scarier than shit. Anything else? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> he does it. He does it. And I'm sorry, though. The first episode is Jessica Lang once again. Last season, she did her best Blanche Dubois. Oh, God, yes. And this season, I'm sorry, she is the biggest bitch on the planet. <laughs> Well, but here's my thing with her character. She all she always manages to give you this feeling that there's more. And oh, I want wait, to commend the writers because they juxtaposed her so well. And you just watch her swinging back and forth from, you know, someone who has a huge crush on their boss without giving you yep. too many spoilers and it's yep. just never ever gonna happen and you can tell that she's like madly in love with this guy and then this woman who's willing to go to bat for and fight for her patients in the 60s against a guy who's a doctor and she's a lady who's a nun and she's still willing to go to bat for her patients and then she's crazy and evil yeah, she gets crazy <laughs> and evil on the oh. turn of a dime. Yeah, it's... And it's just, oh, see, oh. I, I wouldn't say that she was willing to go to bat for her patients. I would say that she, they wrote her as a control freak. Well, but a control freak who thinks she's doing the right thing. She manages to play it yeah. so that you can tell that this character really and truly believes she is doing the right thing. And that's the what's thing, scariest. The, th no, the thing that scares it for me is that there's an air of innocence to what it is that she's doing. 
Oh, I don't get that at all. Oh, I do, and it is it's it's just like taking a piece of broken glass and ripping it down your arm. Honest well, to God. Now wait a minute. What yeah. uh, Zombrarian, you you brought so up. So do you want to get that phone, please? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it just we're gonna let I it ring. I, the best villains all villains always feel they never realize that they're villains. Don't they always feel that they're in the right? I mean, if the a if a villain consciously knows that they're evil, then they're a parody. Then it becomes Tim Curry and legend. You know, it's like how are you? How black is your heart? Black as coal, black as pitch. It's like, oh come on. You know, they always think that they. I think our current election, current <laughs> <laughs> presidential election, shows that people always feel that they are right. You know, no matter which side they're on, they're right. And if you, you go for the other person, well, then that's the country's gone to hell, and it's your fault. Or as you often say, X, it depends on which side hates puppies more. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I'm not going to turn this into a political discussion because people listen to us to get away from political that's discussions. But Zombrarian, Zombrarian, wait till you see the second episode. The show just gets better. I mean, the second episode had better acting. It had more story depth. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you were disappointed in episode one, fat, fat and fight on you. So there oh it is. Well, and yeah. see, I'm my sorry. thing with episode one was that the scariest scene for me personally was happened to be the one that hit me, you know, on a personal level. I'm pretty sure oh, it was supposed yeah. to be a relief scene. Yeah. Like, it wasn't supposed to be that scary. <laughs> You're right, it wasn't. And it's the one I had nightmares about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I know what scene you mean. Yep. And you would be surprised to know which scene really bothered me the most. You just didn't like the one where, where mm. since they released the five mi the first five minutes, I'm just going to say this out. Is Go it ahead. the one where he was pretending to do electroshock therapy on his wife? Yeah, it was. At the very beginning? Yeah, it was. Didn't that, that was freak you out when he was that... pretending to do electroshock therapy? The rest of that, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, cute, Young cute, kids cute. in love, they're was, having sex oh, in a haunted house. shit, don't do that. Oh, shit. Even if nothing happens, don't do that. Don't play yeah. with the electroshock machine. <laughs> <laughs> the of the electric fence. Have we yeah, learned right. nothing from the epic film Return to Oz? <laughs> no one can tell me that Return to Whoa! Oz is not a Wait a minute. Movie. I don't remember the screaming cheetah wheelies whizzing on an electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> no, the... The screaming cheetah wheelies are in the Wiz X. No, no, no. They're in no. The wheeler, the wheelers are in are in Return to Oz. Are, they are. You're right. Return to yeah, Oz. Yeah, one of them falls under the desert. desert. Like I was, I was scarred as a child by Return to Oz. I think that's why that electrocution scene scared me so much. Oh, that's the oh, okay. Yeah, the beginning. Yeah. Well, I I try not to See, think of that. I wasn't I wasn't overly frightened by the first episode. I just loved the bitchiness. I'm sorry. This is the my tone of that show is amazing. I, this uh, this is my version of Dynasty. Forget big shoulder pads. <laughs> I want to see these people be so bitchy at each other. <laughs> we over... replaced big shoulder pads with bloody face. No, we replaced we big shoulder pads with Zach Quinto. <laughs> uh, I love that man. I'm telling you, he I and love Jessica him. Lange together are just are. It's a pair made in hell. It really is. They're amazing. 
And speaking of Zachary Quinto. Uh-huh. Oh my, here comes Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to say my uh, my favorite Kickstarter project of the week that I discovered. Uh, these fans are trying to restore the bridge for the next generation. <laughs> but not only that, a fully functional bridge that works. All those stupid lights and doohickeys will actually mean something and they're designing it in such a way that you can sit down and actually experience a Romulan attack. You can experience a Borg attack. What? You can experience oh yeah. They're just like How can you experience that? Well well imagine Kirk going through the uh, the the what do you call there? He goes wouldn't be Kirk it would be Picard. No 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 <clears throat> the um Oh the super string? The uh, the Kobayashi Maru, the simulator. Oh, okay. No, that's imagine. Remember that? Yes. Okay yeah. then. I did see that movie again. All right. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Uh, but not only that, but they've got a lot of Trek people involved. Like um, Tuvok there has signed like uh, a part of the pa a panel or something, and a, a couple other Trek people have gotten involved. Like uh, Shatner has donated some autograph photos of himself to sell oh, it. Well, that's oh, like no. Because you know, obviously, there's no such thing as an autograph Shatner photo flying around there. <laughs> but no, I just think it looks like a really cool project, and you know, if you ever wanna. Yes. Pretend to be uh, Picard for a day and surrender, then by all means, donate oh to this project. Oh, my. Which oh brings my. us to the halfway point of the show, in which Zombrarian will look to see if our guest is online, because she <laughs> is. She is, but she well, has, she's not my friend yet. She needs to friend her. So before we do that, let's we do, the to go that we do to the poll. Yeah, that's the poll. Hold on. And I'll take your obvious. Okay, thank you, X. <laughs> thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, so, what <laughs> we had asked last week, I'm always trying to come up with interesting questions. I asked, what is the best horror film of the 21st century? Now, I know we're only 12 years into the 21st century. I get that. 11, technically, but that's okay. 11, that's right. But I asked, what is the best horror? I was trying to say, what is the face of American horror or the Hollywood horror at this point in the 21st century? Alvin and the Chipmunks 2, the, the Squeakwolf. Oh, stop it. Agreed. So, so coming in third place is a tie, actually, between Paranormal Activity and 28 Days Later. Oh, freaking snore. Dude, oh, come on. 28 Days Later is the best. Is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I liked Paranormal Activity. Um, coming in at number two, this was not a surprise, although it's like, uh, is Saw. And coming in, A Landslide. Boy, does this movie have a lot of fans. Is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun well, of the Dead is the face of horror for the 21st century at this point. And you know what that means? The horror face of horror isn't anymore? funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Horror is funny. That's so sad. Well, you know, uh, to be totally 100% unbiased and honest about you, uh, horror film has never been a genre 
that I have particularly cared for or understood. Uh, After you finish a 20-minute, uh, you know, love fest on Romero. Then. On George Romero. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But he has always said that his movies were not horror movies. They were commentaries. Yeah. He's always said that. And I, I very much enjoyed uh, some of Romero's work. But there are there are so many wannabe horror films out there right now that that have forgotten the difference between uh, substance and style and confused style with throwing shit in your face until you just cringe. Yes. And I don't think that's horror film. I think that's just, you know, it's like... Uh, I, I, I'm gonna. I, I want to make a parallel between well, horror films and pornography, and I and I don't want to do it. Well, you, know, you shouldn't cool because guy. the guest is on now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's quite all right. No, no, no. Hi, sweetie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Well, Hi, we're sir. talking about horror films and pornography at the moment. But oh no. my goodness! What a topic. Yeah, and it's can my you, fault, actually. I brought it up. Can you join that topic with us, Sue? <laughs> um, I have a little bit of experience in the pornography department. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very happy and honored to say one of my clients actually does um, corn comics, um, dark brain comics. So, And I've been working with him for almost over two years. So, um, And he does, it's, it's different. It's been an education, but, um, you know, I'm proud of them. So, you know, there's bad pop porn, and then there's, you know, good people who do porn. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, if Shaun of the Dead can be, you know, the face of horror films for the 21st century, uh, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, because it was good. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a good film. And and it was funny, and, and it was filled with zombies and, and the rest of that stuff. But it was a good film. Yeah. So I'm kind of okay with that. So here we are, kids. And uh, do we know what the poll's going to be for next week, or, or, or are we? Not quite. Not quite? Okay. So it'll be a surprise. I, I had an idea, but it jumped out of my head because when X brought my cider up. so ah. She's drunk, <laughs> in other words. Okay, fine. <laughs> Which brings us to our guest <laughs> for the evening. And hopefully she's not drunk so that we can actually move things along here. She is the public relations director for the Rhode Island Comic Con, uh, Sue Soares. Hi, Sue. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on again. I love your show. Well, oh, thank you. Oh, we love having you on, Sue. Thank you. So, Rhode Island Comic Con, is this a new show? Yeah, it's brand new. Brandy, brandy new. Um, the organizer, which is all for reality entertainment, they actually do South Coast co comic and toy show um, that runs in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Right. Um, and then they wanted to expand out to Rhode Island, and they wanted to do something that was comparable to Super Mega Fest and Wizard and, you know, the bigger name shows and have it be comic-related as well. So they tried to started in Rhode Island and it took a couple of years to get going. Um, there's bureaucratic red tape in Rhode Island like you would not even believe. Hard to believe. 
Considering that. that we are the, probably the most corrupt state in the country. <laughs> oh, we've, we've heard, heard that. that <laughs> yeah, you know, Buddy CNC went to jail for um, racketeering or extortion or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, you would think. And then he was still governor or mayor or something, right? <laughs> um, no, he kind of just does radio and television uh, commentary. <laughs> But I, I'm expecting him to eventually run for office. <laughs> so he, the show, the show runs November third and fourth, Saturday yeah. and Sunday, ten to seven on Saturday, ten to five on Sunday at the Rhode Island Convention Center. We're going to post a link to the website so that you can see everybody who's going to be there and maps and prices and all that cool stuff. But you know, much like the the larger conventions. For a first year of a convention, uh, you've got some uh, very cool guest list happening here. Yeah, we pulled out all the stops. Um, our big highlight of the weekend is uh, the first New England original Battlestar Galactica reunion. We have nine of the original cast members. On you do. Yeah, Dirk Benedict, Richard Hatch, Herb Jefferson Jr., uh, and Lockhart. Noah Hathaway, who you will remember him as Boxy, Lorette Spang, Jack Stauffer, Sarah Rush, and uh, and Terry Carter is not going to be there. Right. He had to cancel, unfortunately, uh, due to a professional commitment. I think he's going to be in Africa filming something. That's, oh. that's a pretty cool professional commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if that was all that was going to be there, that'd be cool enough. But, there's also a bunch of Trek people from all different Trek incarnations as well. Gary yeah. from Enterprise, uh, Bob Picardo from... Uh, no, 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 not Enterprise. No, no, no. He is from Voyager. Oh, no, I know. I said Gary Graham from Enterprise. Picardo. Oh, I thought you said Bob Picardo from Enterprise. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no. Bob Picardo from Voltaire's last season. No, no, no. Throw that in there. <laughs> And, he was on SG, SG-1, too. Right. And my perhaps favorite in the entire universe, John DeLancey from Voyager Woo! and from Next Generation and from virtually every incarnation among them after that. Yeah. He was on Voyager, too. And uh, let me see. Who else? Uh, Nick Brendan from Buffy. It's going to yep. be... Xander! <laughs> <laughs> You've got an Ewok! It's going to be great. It, it is going to be an amazing, amazing show. And there are all kinds of events that are going on. I've got some questions about that, too. Sure. Um, there are a couple of events. Uh, let me see. Uh, a Dr. Horrible Live, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical show, Rocky Woo. Horror, and there was one other one I thought. Uh, Oh, Firefly Life. Firefly. Uh, and they're done by a group called the RKO Army? Yes. Can yes. you talk um, Who are these people? Um, they are a bunch of actors and performers based in Rhode Island. They do Dr. Horrible sing-along vlogs, um, which we have, or we have been um, attended of. We did, uh, a couple years ago, we did Can't Stop the Serenity, yeah. uh, which is a charity fundraiser, 
by the Brown Coat, yes. which is a Firefly fan organization similar to uh, the Bible Burst. Um, and so they did a Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, and it's kind of like a simulcast stage cast. So they'll play it in the background, and they'll be acting it out on stage at the same time. Um, it's very, very interesting to see. Very, very interesting to see. So we're excited to not only have them do their regular performance of Dr. Horrible, but they're going to do everything else as well. It's going to be interesting. And you also have uh, the entire the Battlestar Galactica panel with the with the cast reunion. Yes. And uh, a, a cosplay event going on, lightsaber training, um, contests for uh, uh, kids costuming and adult costuming. Yes. Um, the just I want to just make a mention that the times on. The website right now are still in flux, but yes, we're going to be having an adult costume contest on Saturday and a kids one on Sunday. And um, we've got some great judges. We're working on hoping to have a celebrity judge on the uh, the adult and the kids costume contest. Um, and for the adults right now, I can announce that the first prize is a ticket to. Uh, the gold win, the gold admission, the gold VIP for 2013. Nice. I've already booked. We have so, already booked for 2013. So, have you thought about having that celebrity person be a podcast announcer? Just <laughs> really, I wonder if I have any volunteers. Yeah, well, you know, you know, nobody, nobody can announce a contest better than somebody who's worked in podcasts and radio. You know, just, you know, testing one, two, three. It, it <laughs> just makes sense. You know, I'll talk to the uh, person who's organizing the um, the costume contest for us. <laughs> we have Pat, we a Double Midnight, who is working with us. Double Midnight Comics. Oh, Shadonda's going to be there. So he is helping uh, organize it all. So, we'll see. Come talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be a Comic-Con if there weren't comics involved somehow. Right. And you have a great lineup of artists coming as well. We, we do. Um, our headliners are Walt Simonson, um, which I'm very excited about. And he has a Rhode Island connection, which is even greater. Um, he is a graduate of the Rhode Island School of Design. So it's great to have him there. We have Paul Ryan, who is another one of my favorites. We met him um, right when we were starting Sky Pirates. Um, right oh. before we started the artwork for it, and we met him. Um, so we've known him for quite some time. We have um, Jamal Igle, who is another popular Ooh. fan favorite. Um, yep, one of my all-time favorites. Yep, Jamal's oh. awesome. And we have Bob um, McLeod coming. Um, and then we have um, over... 60 local artists um, and writers, creators, um, to fill our artist alley. So, very excited. So this is actually going to run the gamut of uh, what, a, what a true comic convention should be, what a fan-based experience is, and, and, you know, everything in between as well. 
it's filling every area of fandom because not only do we have all of the different science fiction shows stars that are coming, but we also have wrestlers. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> we have paranormal folks coming. We've got horror. We've got animation. We've got Billy West who plays um, on who created really the characters of Ren and Stimpy, um, which yeah. is amazing. I met him a, uh, many years ago. I keep on saying when I do these interviews a few years ago, and I'm like, wait a minute. I've been out of college almost 20 years, and that's where I, I met him. So it's been a long time. <laughs> well, that's a few years ago, absolutely. A few years ago. Um, yeah, he spoke at my college. Um, and I was on the radio station, and he uh, recorded a few little snippet of commercials for us. Um, so, yeah, I got to meet him then. So I'm excited to be able to see him again. Uh, so, no. I have to ask, Sue, so who are you most excited about meeting at this point? Um, well, Bob Picardo is a very big favorite of mine because I'm a huge Voyager fan. Um, and I've seen him a few times, but I'm excited to see him again. But I, I think I'm just really proud to be affiliated with a show that um, brings Walt Simonson to it. He is very popular and very um, esteemed in the comic book industry. And it's just an honor to have him at a show that I represent. So I think that's going to be my proudest moment. Do any of your other guests have um, a Rhode Island connection or a local connection? No, not that I'm aware of, except for our artist on Artist Alley. Um, now, the Artist Alley is going to be artists from all over New England, isn't it? Yes, all over New England. I believe that some are even flying in. Um, or driving in from other areas, but from the, predominantly they're from New England. So what is the cost of admission if somebody just walks to the door? $25 a day or $35 for the weekend. And then we have a gaming pass because we're going to have a full gaming room. So say you want to come in and you just want to game. Um, you're going to be able to buy just a gaming pass. You're not going to be able to get any autographs or come into the dealer's room but you can play until your heart's content or you fall over, whichever comes first. Or both. <laughs> That's a great idea because often um, we go to cons and I'll see someone I know first thing in the morning and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be in this tournament or I'm going off to the gaming room and then we don't see them again all day. <laughs> and to me, they've missed the whole con because, you know, you didn't get to meet anybody, you didn't get to look at any great art, you didn't get to walk around and see all the people in cosplay, and to them, I've missed the whole thing because I wasn't sitting in the gaming room all day. Right. But it's really, both of those things are all-day commitments, so I think it's really cool that you're separating, well, not like you're, well, you are kind of separating them off, but all cons do, you're just giving them a chance to only pay for what they're getting. That's what neat. They want. Yes, that's yeah, nice. what they want to be. You know, it's it's silly for them to pay thirty five dollars for a weekend if they're not gonna go to any panels and they're just going to game. So they get to get the gaming pass and just do what they want. And they'll probably love it. Yeah, oh absolutely. If I was a gamer and I would want something like that, absolutely. Why pay for something that you're not gonna be involved with? That's right. But of course you want everyone to enjoy everything that we have because we have such 
a wide variety of things going on at any given time. Um, we even have uh, three, count them, three after parties. We have really? three night after party at Dave and Buster's. Now, for those of you not familiar with Rhode Island, okay, we're in the Rhode Island Convention Center for Rhode Island Comic Con. Rhode Island Convention Center is connected to the Westin Hotel through a skywalk. Okay. Did we lose you? Sue? So? Sue? So? We may have lost her. Hold on oh just my. one moment. We're calling her again. Okay. <laughs> okay. She was so excited, folks. <laughs> I know. I heard about the skywalk and then we were done. Well, occasionally the internet will just understand that our show is so exciting that the majority of people can't handle it. And it'll to be take fair, Dave and Buster's is enough to break the internet because it's basically <laughs> the best place on earth. I said the magic words and it broke everything. You said Dave and Buster's and everyone signed off to go to Dave and Buster's and play skee-ball. <laughs> so as I was saying, the Rhode Island Convention Center is this massive complex next to the Western Hotel which is connected to the Providence Place Mall. So if you come to Rhode Island Comic Con, you're going to be able to come to the after party and not have to go outside. Nice. That, that is a geek stream. That encourages well, cosplay. I'll that tell encourages you. cosplay. You know, that's <laughs> one thing San Diego does not have is skee ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then after um, the after party at Dave and Buster's, you will have to go outside and cross the street to Saints and Sinners Lounge um, for a steampunk gothic vampire masquerade after after party. Ooh. Wow! Yeah. Um, and that's going to go from like ten until like one or two in the morning. Um, and they have the whole thing planned out. Um, they've got a contest, another costume contest. That's going to be taking place. They've got um, someone doing uh, fangs. Um, oh, it's going to be great. Now, I so think it, that the first one is family-friendly and the second one is not. Yeah, yeah the second funny. one, the word is corsets. <laughs> so, if, if, if you have a ticket, is that ticket going to get you into the after parties or how does that work? Well, the Dave & Buster's um, one is the only one that's ticketed. Um, because there's going to be food there. So you have to buy an after-party ticket for $15 to get into Dave & Buster. Uh, the Saints and Sinners, and then our part, our wrap party that's going to take place on Sunday at Whiskey Republic in downtown Providence, those are free events. Anybody can go there. Nice. Now, there is a rumor going around that the creators of the Sky Pirates of Valandor might make an appearance. <laughs> yeah. No. Wow, I've heard that voice before. The creator's uh -oh. the background dying because he loves your show too, and he's like, I want to talk! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, we are actually debuting issue 2.6 at Rhode Island Comic Con. We've waited since, oh god, I think June to debut this book because we want to do it. It closes out volume two. 
Um, and we wanted to do it at Rhode Island Comic Con because we don't get to do many shows in Rhode Island. So, oh my God, here he comes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, you know, we just want our fans to know that no matter what you do at Rhode Island Comic Con next weekend, make sure you stop by the Sky Pirates booth. That's right. Giving away free samples of something. <laughs> Ice cream? We'll hold you to that one, Everett. Oh my God. <laughs> but, but issue 2.6 is a 32 page. No, 40 page. 40? Oh my God. Look, we're not just giving you 32 pages, we're giving you 42 pages. <laughs> Eight whole extra pages. But who's counting? And only for the small price of $5.99. What the hell? $4. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like a big stick of butter wrapped okay. in bacon. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> oh my god! It's like butter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, an exclusive Rhode Island Comic Con preview. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> it's like butter wrapped in bacon. Wrapped in bacon. <laughs> Uh, it's, a 30, it's a 32-page story closing out the storyline, and then we have a side story done by a whole different artist um, that's going to kind of connect things into the next book, into the next volume, I should say. Yeah. Okay. So we are less than two weeks away, okay. November 3rd and 4th. Just one little piece, one little piece. The main stories have Brian, the big bear, and the... The side story deals with Shanice. Okay, now I'm going back to my page. Okay. So, <laughs> one of the exciting things that's going to be happening at Rhode Island Comic-Con. Now, on top of everything else, if somebody just wants to come and buy cool stuff, there's all the artists at Artist Alley who are selling their artwork, plus vendors all over the place as well. Between artists and vendors, we have over 200 booths in our main exhibit hall. Nice. So that. we are very excited. We are very um, honored by the response that we have received from everyone who wants to be in our show. We're still getting people saying, can I buy a table? Can I come? And it's a week before the show. Nice. Well, we asked nice and early. <laughs> because, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we saw, we saw that this was going to be a really cool event. We want to make sure that uh, that it it gets the kind of support that events like this need in New England, and we'd like to see more of these happening uh, in in the Rhode Island area. Sue, thank you so much for joining us thank tonight. Thank you, and I apologize that I was late. I've had a crazy. It's not. It's not anything to worry about because. You're wonderful, and we're going to see you November 3rd and 4th at Rhode Island Comic Con in Rhode Island, oddly <laughs> So, X. Yes. Talk to me about what's happening the next couple of weeks, my friend. Well, as if next weekend couldn't be exciting enough. <laughs> next week, our guest, Dresden Files author Jim Butcher, will join us. I have to be Kriana for a second. Squeeze! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be talking to us about his latest novel, Cold Days. 
Then on November 10th, help producer Ethan Hawk fund his Kickstarter project Star Trek Renegades. And will we be interviewing a few special guests from the and on November 17th, the number of Peter Hoffman returns to the show. If I have to decide to start to the book, I only come up By the traffic lights, up there see the hold of a robot online. <laughs> I want to thank our guests, Sue Soares and Renala Comicon. We'll see you guys next week, November 3rd and 4th. Until then, I thank the Jen Redhead and Illustrator X. Calling out of the night. And I want to thank. Ah, there you are, Zombrade. I want to thank you as well for running whatever it is you were running. I don't know what I'm running. I'm running a 5K in July, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's the Katari. Ah, for all of us, this is Dome Saint Genie. Jared Payne is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. Good night! I know!